calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Hi, welcome back to Conference Live, CFA Institute's live coverage of its 71st annual conference here in Hong Kong. Uh, joining me right now is Richard Howitt, CEO of International Integrated Reporting Council. And in full disclosure, I advise the board, uh, serving as a framework panel member. Richard, though, uh, let's put the attention on you. You also are a member of the B20, uh, which is a group of business people who uh, advise and discuss issues with the G20. Yes. And also, you're actively involved in many sustainability uh, efforts. Thank you so much for joining us. So I've got a first question for you. Uh, what is integrated reporting and how did it come about? Well, I think um, we formed uh, in the last decade in the wake of the financial crash, recognizing the issues of financial stability, excessive short-termism, the changing nature of risk, needed to really address corporate reporting as it existed and to develop and evolve a new type of corporate reporting, much more attuned to these modern times, the megatrends. Not just sustainability, I think this sometimes can be sort of boxed there, but this is about better, better understanding of risk, better pricing, as far as the investor is concerned, long-term value creation for the business and for the investor. Yeah, um, you, you drew out the sustainability comparison there. Mm. Um, what are the uh, things that a colleague of mine said to me as I was you know, relating to them that I was going to be interviewing you is, what's yeah. a noisy space? What's different and unique about integrated report, say from a SASB type report? I mean, what do you think? What, what are the differences? Well, one is they're not competitors. Yeah. I think if you look, not just within the investment world, but in business generally, there's confusion and proliferation about all these different initiatives going on. And what the International Integrated Reporting Council did was to be the convening point to bring different initiatives, including SASB, by the way, uh, but the World Economic Forum, UNCTAD, the World Bank, IOSCO, the world's financial regulators, to say, actually, we've got to reduce the glutter. We've got to develop a type of reporting that draws the different strands together, maintains financial reporting with credibility, with uh, strength, uh, with assurance, sure. but also builds in this multi-capital forward-looking view. And the council has existed for the last seven years. Uh, integrated reporting has grown apace. And one of the things that we did was to form what we call the Global Corporate Reporting Dialogue, where the two major financial standard setters in the world, the International Accounting Standards Board, the ISB, and its United States equivalent, FASB, are together with the four major sustainability frameworks, SASB, Global Reporting Initiative, CDP, the former Corbin, Carbon Disclosure Project, and the Carbon Disclosure Standards Board, all under the umbrella of integrated reporting, all convened by the IRC in order to try to, to develop this notion of integrated reporting. Uh, and we're making very good progress towards that. We want more people to know about it. And I'm delighted that we're both at this conference and partnering with the CFA Institute to do so. Well, that's very kind of you. Um, so for those in the audience who maybe aren't familiar with mm. integrated reporting, how does it compare to gap reporting, which is what most financial analysts, that'll be their first blush of data if they're going to uh, evaluate a company. How's an IR report different? 
it goes beyond it. It's yeah. the future of gap reporting. Now, this the aim of this is to to be as uh, comparable, as credible, as robust, uh, as objective as financial reporting as it is today, and we're well on the journey to get there. But it's a long-term metric as well as a short-term metric, and it draws in this multi-capital thinking. So financial manufactured capital, which has always been the stuff of financial reporting. But we say six capitals, uh, natural capital, social and relationship capital, human capital people, and intellectual capital. And it's very much another reason that IRC and the concept of integrated reporting has come about, because I think, as I hope many in the audience are aware, whereas 30 years ago, 20% of the value of the company was in intangibles, 80% intangibles. 30 years later, many people now say, all of the research uh, suggests 80% is in the intangibles. And for the business, for the investment community, proper valuation of the company is an absolute essential. And that's what integrated reporting is about. So you touched on some of those advantages for investors. Um, tell us a little bit more, like do a deep dive. What is social capital, for example? Well, it is a recognition that value for the modern company is based on very much longer and complex supply chain relationships, for example, uh, on this whole issue of inclusive capitalism, that there are, are questions. You know, in the old days, the social license to operate was very much about extractive companies going into to developing countries in the world. Now we're seeing that this loss of trust in business uh, which is questioning the social license to operate, and businesses recognise that they have to meet the challenge. It's also recognising that the new generation, it sounds trite, but they're millennials, yeah. they are people of value, and they are the recruits, they are the consumers, and in fact, they're the future investors for the business. And so, as Paul Smith has said at this conference this morning, this isn't sort of altruism. This is about bringing purpose to the investment community uh, in a way which better enables financial analysts and investment professionals to serve their clients because the client's interest is in living and, and uh, enjoying their working and other life in a better society. Yeah, and one of the reasons why I'm involved with the framework panel is because when I first learned about an integrated report, just at a very tactical level, not even a strategic level, mm. um, I used to say that gap reporting is very much like uh, looking at an autopsy to make a prediction about the health of the patient. It's like, oh, they're already dead, right? Gap reporting is all retroactive, whereas an integrated report puts an emphasis on future possibilities and future management of capital, and it's prospective in nature, as is investing. So I, I think that alignment is absolutely key, and if I were still managing money, I would, I would look almost and screen on what companies are doing integrated reporting. And there is increasing feedback from the investment community. Companies like BlackRock and Rockefeller and PGTM that have been part of the IRC from the beginning have helped forge forged the framework. But also through the, the surveys, the EY survey being uh, one of the most prominent that say that 70% of investors want to see integrated reporting. The RSC's own investor statement in which 21 major investors across all the major markets in the world are saying they use integrated reporting day to day. This isn't just your hope or mine that this is a better uh, form of reporting for investors. It is increasingly being used. It will become the norm. And it's not just about 
ESG, responsible investment, impact investment, important as that is, it is about saying that the nature of risk is changing in the world and that a balanced approach between short, medium and long term is the approach that best serves returns for investors and for their clients. So potentially a squishy question. Um, if, if a company issues an integrated report, what does it say to the community uh, of investors or to the general public that they're issuing integrated reports? Is there anything we can read into that? Well, again, those same surveys that I mentioned say that, firstly, investors do use the integrated report. Uh, and uh, the EY study, again, said that of the information on what is sometimes erroneously, wrongly called non-financial reporting, it's very financial, but sometimes in the long term as well as the short term, but for that information, 89% of investors say they trust that information. It's authentic, it's credible, it's believable if it's in the annual report or the integrated report, not elsewhere. And this is one of the reasons that integrated reporting has been forged. But what we also hear anecdotally from investors uh, is that they don't simply look at the data in the integrated report. And for us, better metrics, but also narrative is important. And investors tell us they do read the narrative. Strategy is very important to them. But many investors say to us, that it is a test of the quality of the management and that the biggest conclusion they form when they see a company has moved to integrated reporting is that this is a good, trusted, quality management of the company that will be taking it forward and therefore makes the investment safer. Well, so you almost answered what was my next question, which is, is there a natural audience for uh, integrated reporting in the investment community? But Investment community is a quite diverse group. Who tends to, in the investment community, be interested in integrated reports? Are they short-term, high-frequency traders? Probably not. Who, who's usually the audience? Well, of course, the pension funds, the superannuation funds, uh, um, from Aviva Global Investors, who are huge supporters of integrated reporting, the Australian Council of Superannuation Investors, Calpert, Calsters in the States. These have been integrally involved in the development of integrated reporting because they have a natural long-term uh, perspective and the ESG and impact investors too. But these are the future benchmarks. Please, to your audience, don't think this is only the preserve of active investment. Yes, there is this big push towards stewardship and active investment. That's not going to go away. It's probably going to grow. But we both know, we all know, that passive investment, index investment is a big part of the market. But if the metrics are the wrong metrics, if the benchmarks are the wrong benchmarks, and increasingly that is being questioned, that, that community is going to suffer too. And that's why this will become the norm for across the investment spectrum. I love what you just said about if the benchmarks are the wrong benchmarks. I, I have made that claim for many, many years that we, we need to have a discussion there. So how, globally, how many firms issue integrated reports? Our aim is to make this the norm in reporting, so changing the system as much as companies individually adopting is important to us. But I'm really pleased from 2013 when the framework was published, uh, when we had 160 pilot companies that had, had championed this and pioneered this in the world, we've now gone to 10 times that number, 1,600 global companies across 62 different countries all of the G20 countries, 20 of the 28 European Union countries, and as you say, recognised uh, within the United Nations system, within the OECD, within the G20. So we're well on our way to making this the global norm. Uh, and my 
my, my happiness at the strategic partnership which has been agreed between the CFA Institute and the IRC is that CFA Institute itself, thank you to you, to Paul, to all your colleagues, uh, is making sure that CFAs around the world are, subject, are able to get access to training uh, and awareness raising about integrated reporting and that CFA Institute is partnering with us at the IRC in both research and advocacy in integrated reporting. So we're not simply talking about this at the conference, we are, right? Yes. but we're also working together to advance it and I'm extremely grateful for that, that development. So for somebody who wants to learn more information, where do they go? Well, first of all, it's all a free good. Uh, this is not a commercial entity, it's an idea which is growing uh, and is supported by, by major, a major global movement. It's m m many of our resources are free and online. Uh, individual investment professionals, some of the people watching this, may want to become part of our investor panel. Uh, it could be a good part of your career to actually get involved with us, start reading some of those reports, helping us comment, uh, and we would welcome that. We also very much welcome uh, approaches and dialogue with uh, investors to grow that number who've signed up to the investor statement and who are using integration reporting day by day. Talk to me about that at this conference. Talk to the IRC about that any time through the year. Well, Richard, thank you so much for joining us here. Copyright 2018, CFA Institute, all rights reserved. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.